several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Delokun and Fred. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bonds of Beat. My name is Jellicoon, along with Fred. I am still trying to go, oh yeah, it's not Zach. Uh, sorry. Just forced to have it after well, 12 years. Can't say I blame you, but uh, you can't get rid of me now. I've further entrenched myself. Yes, yes, damn. I mean, yay. <laughs> no, uh, welcome back, and uh, two weeks have been come and gone, and... We're into the new season. Man. Uh, what's been new with you? Well, not a whole lot. You know, I've been doing my job. Been writing. Been watching anime. There you go. Okay, uh, what do you write? If you care to share, that is. Oh, boy. Uh... I mean, I'm not prepared to shill my stuff necessarily, but I, I write a little bit of fiction. Um, I mean, I've actually published a book. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, self-published, you know, don't... Uh, oh, okay. No, I no. couldn't convince somebody. <laughs> Colin Harper is just like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, man, they <laughs> they wouldn't even return an email. Much Random House like, is like, who? Those, those are I, I think they actually them. swatted me, you know? Like, they, they called the cops on me <laughs> and my book was so bad. There you go. But um, that's just, like, detective fiction. You know, kind of like... Uh, uh, imagine, if you will, Misato from Evangelion was a detective kind of thing. Ah. You know, like, so, somebody who drinks a little more than you probably should, but is uh, uncharacteristically good at one thing. Gotcha. Did you watch the anime, um, The House Husband? Or what was it called? It was, uh, uh, hold on. It doesn't ring a bell. Not The House Husband. What was it called? It was last, it was last, or last, last year it came out. It was. Okay, I I think I can rule that out then. My Home Hero. That's what it is. A, okay. A fiction mystery writer murders a Yakuza member and has Ooh. to get out of it. Because his, his daughter is dating a Yakuza member who's basically just using her physically and Ooh. financially. And he kind of loses his shit and he murders him. And now he's got to like talk his way out. He's got to get himself out of the situation while keeping his family safe. Okay. That that sounds very engaging. Uh, the only difference is uh, my book, The Eccentric Detective Yamamoto, it's much more lighthearted. You know, it's not like solving murders. It's more like uh, I lost my cat. Can you help me find it? <laughs> there you go. But, you know, enough about that. That's... Uh, you know, it's just something I do for fun. No, I hear you. We all have, all have things we do. Uh, but yeah, you should check out the uh, My Home Hero. It's it pretty good. And, you know, it's got anime tropes, but, uh, you know, what doesn't? But it was still a really good show. If you're into mystery mm. and suspense. I'll add it to the I, list. It felt very, it felt very, uh, very, it felt very far under the radar. In my opinion, no one ever talked about it. Not sure. Yeah, why. it does seem like uh, kind of an unusual genre. Like you don't tend to see a lot of crime or suspense sort of stuff. Action drama, psychological thriller, and it's uh, after killing his daughter's abusive yakuza boyfriend to save her. Ordinary salary man Tetsuo. Uh, becomes embroiled in the dark criminal underworld. 
the wish for a simple life he and his wife Kyson had for their daughter has been reduced to a wish of uh, for survival. Though middle-aged and, and uh, weak, he'll put his life on the line, only using his wits in order to protect in order to protect his family. I cannot speak. <clears throat> yeah, it was a good show. I uh, would recommend it. It wasn't. I gave it a six. Obviously, it didn't. Uh, have, you know, it, it was a good show. It wasn't bad, but you know, it's it's. Something different, in a good way. So not amazing, not amazing, but on the good side of average. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The uh, it's good to hear though. Fun, writing stuff. I uh, have been very busy myself, and unfortunately didn't get to watch a lot of anime this uh, this time around. But I did. Uh, I did keep up on gushing over Magical Girls, and I'm, <laughs> you know, that show, uh, it's probably toning down things to a small degree, but I always thought, I was, la I was watching episode three today, and the look on, uh, the main girl's face is just, uh, Utena's face, and it's like, she just knows she's like a dirty like degenerate and she's like even angry with herself the entire episode she can never just can be you no blame her <laughs> uh you so you want to talk three? about uh yep i've been keeping up with it um yeah see it's actually interesting because uh i thought episode two was uh pretty not good and i figured uh the fate of whether or not i continue watching it would rest on episode three, and I thought episode three was uh, much better. I agree. Um, two was. This is what I keep coming back to. It's like, well, hey, <laughs> the episode at least always makes me fun laugh. Like the new girl who was introduced today. Uh, yeah, Kiwi. Kiwi. She was just like. I hate those fucking magical girls. Hey, you want to be a magical girl and be a bad person? Yes. Fuck those girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like her, her motivation is that they get more likes on Twitter than her. Even after posting like nudes. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, uh, and I was questioning like, that's something on uh, this girl's in high school. What she's doing is extremely illegal. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just laughed out loud when I during that scene. Uh, but yeah. yeah, um, that and like no one in this show is like normal. Even the like, even the Aqua Girl, the one of the Trace Magica, was like, wonder what she's gonna do today. Yeah, she was definitely getting into it, <laughs> and like I, I think that element is fine. What kind of um. What kind of pushed me away from the second episode was like it was just sort of her, you know. I I like the dynamic with um, the three characters. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that's just generally better. But at the same time, some of the animation was kind of wonky in the second episode. Like uh, when Utena was uh, getting the handful and squeezing her and all that. Like some of that stuff, I don't think. Uh, I don't want to phrase this. Like, there, there was um, something that wasn't quite right. Like, stuff stuff doesn't move like it was portrayed as moving, you know? Mm. Gotcha. And, like, I, I don't know. Maybe the animators didn't have a good reference or something. Uh, or time. But, like, it, <laughs> I, that stuck out to me. Fair. I was also thinking, like, does this show get a dub? Or a Western release at all? Who knows? I mean, I'm pretty point, sure it uh, will. I'm not sure a dub. Because, man, even after, like, today's, today's episode, episode three, and the shit that was said, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> Although, hey, get the new voice actresses in here. Don't, don't use the established ones for this show. 
Honestly, yeah, this might be uh, a good proving ground. Like, uh, like, hey, man, if you ever wanted to voice a degenerate, like, here you go. <laughs> this is your golden opportunity. But, uh, I mean, the show does have one kind of, like, flaw. And, and this is not meant to be, like, uh, disregard the pun, but the plot. Like... All we know is there's these magical girls, and there's the evil organization, but we don't really know what their motive is, because everything was said was a lie, and, like, it's just weird, you know what I mean? Like, even in episode three, the little cat demon thing was like, good, everything's going to plan, and it's like, what plan? Like, can you fill us in, or... You know, give us a hint. Yeah. Like, why is why do these magic girls exist? Because even they're like, like, oh, I don't want to fight today, or, uh, like, they always seem like, like, where's everybody else? Where's all the other magical girls? Why is there only three in this town? Well, I I kind of get why the plot's like uh, more of a background element, and I also kind of get why the good magical girls aren't really like the focus they're just sort of a background thing but i think a whole lot of this could be remedied if utina and kiwi and you know whatever other villains there were if like once per episode they just did something comically evil or even downright yeah. dastardly like, like you know i was even thinking today they transformed like in the middle of the street and everyone's like oh my god there's the bad like how do these people know that they're bad I mean, they look kind of evil. I, I don't know. They look kind of hot, but, you know. Well, I mean, they they do look hot, too. But, but uh, I mean, like, but it's like has and horns. Then, and then they just showed up. I don't know. Like, how do they just know, like, oh, they just transformed. They're here. Oh, shit. Let's transform, too. And uh, I don't I don't know. I think we're thinking. I think I'm doing. I think overthinking it. But. Well, I, I don't think we're overthinking <laughs> it too much. Like, I, I think. Everything could be fixed, or like 95% of it could be fixed if, like, they transformed and then Kiwi, like, used her magic to trample a flower bed or, <laughs> or yeah. like, knock an ice cream cone out of, like, a kid's hand. Like, yes. something as little as that would go a long way. It's like, hey, look, we're committing acts of evil, TM. <laughs> yes. Exactly. They haven't done anything. They're just the bad people. But they haven't done anything bad other than, well, Utena keeps sexually assaulting everyone. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Utena's done as much friendly fire at this point. Like, I, I thought it was funny, though. They were just sitting there talking to each other like, ah, here we go again. Uh, and they're just sitting back watching. They go, oh, shit, uh, we're supposed to be fighting. Let's Let's go do that over here. <laughs> uh, it's like there's some respect there like just kind of like ah, I'm sick of this shit like uh. <laughs> I don't know I, like I said the, the show is fun in small doses like I don't know if I if I'd marathon this if it would be like oh my god there's nothing there to like makes you want to watch for next week it's just you know Get well, the, you'll get some plot every episode, it seems like. And then uh, things happen and the show ends. And don't get me wrong, the show is quick. I I don't find myself, like, checking the how much time is left uh, timer. And, uh, you know, it just kind of ends. It's like, oh, that's a bummer. I want to see more. But at the end of the day, too, there's, like, no cliffhanger. There's no nothing. Like, literally... In the third episode, they fought. They got away. Nothing evil happened other than just showing up. And, uh, that's about it. Like, all there is is some nefarious plan occurring that we haven't been privy to as viewers. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> now, if I had to liken it to something, and, and like, Bear with me here. I think a good point of comparison would be Agent Ica, if you're familiar with that. We've reviewed it. Oh, wait. Oh, no, good. have I? Okay, sorry. Let me double check. 
bonsaibeat.com front slash reviews. You can check all our review index there. Uh, actually, you know what? I think I own that. I just haven't watched it yet. But let me double check. Wait, like haven't watched it at all? Yeah, it's sitting on my shelf right now behind me. Oh, uh, damn. I have not. No, okay. I have not seen it. Well, at least okay, not, damn. Yeah, I'm even checking my uh, my list of doom here. Uh, All right. Nope. Well, while you check, I'll, I'll just fill the audience yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Well, because Agent Ica, so it, it's an OVA series from, uh, I want to say, like, 97 or so. Yeah, it's old. And it's, it's, um, it's like a weird mix of spies and post-apocalypse and stuff. Like, basically, the world's flooded. That doesn't really matter too much. But it sort of, like, informs the background. And you have this main character, uh, Ica. I forget her surname but she's sort of like a secret agent and there's spy stuff and the plot isn't super important it's like super villain building a doomsday weapon something to that effect but a lot of the antagonists are women uh virtually all of the henchmen are women and what usually ends up happening is ika uh beats the tar out of them and you see their underwear a lot and it's it's very very heavy on fan service. Um, gotcha. Like it, it's insane how short their skirts are, because like like every shot, it's it's showing you something. And like the main draw of it is obviously the titillation. Yes. But, and you know I think that's the same with gushing over magical girls. The difference between that and Ika is I think Ika has a bit more of a plot to it. But at the same time, I think both would benefit from binging it because, you know, it's something like Ica. There is a little bit of an overall ongoing plot. You know, a supervillain's trying to do something and he needs to be stopped. And in the case of gushing over magical girls, I feel like um, the novelty of what new thing Uchina is going to do to somebody in the next episode would be enough to sort of round out the edges on the bad episodes. Gotcha. The one thing I gotta say I do like, though, is the show isn't trying to be another Madoka, like, wannabe. You know, like, oh, it's so edgy and dark, and oh, the girls are suffering. Like, okay, they suffer in a different way, but, you know, like, after Madoka (laughs) came out, you had that spat of, like, oh, we're gonna turn the magical girl even further weirder or darker or just be you know edgy for the sake of being edgy yeah like that that's true and like there's a time and a place for that but like come on like you you can't just copy one thing and you know expect to catch lightning in the bottle again yeah and and this was actually something i was sort of thinking about earlier in regards to uh giant robots because as we all know you can basically divide the entire history of mankind into before Evangelion and after Evangelion. At least up until 2007 when Gurren Lagann came out and changed the game again. I don't know. But, Full Metal Panic was pretty boss. Uh, I'll, I'll have to add that to the list, too. Oh, hell no. What? I, I, I never got around to it i guess nah, like, either you're gonna I mean, like I say it or add not. To the list. it's it's a it's a big robot show with a huge asterisk of it's not a big robot show it's it's a Ooh. show about you know two characters and the hijinks they get into and the and the spy and the espionage oh and they happen to just you know fighting big robots well see that's the thing i like my big robots well, there you go. You know, like, uh, the, the trouble is, I think everybody just sort of forgets one important thing, and that's uh, big robots are really cool. <laughs> I uh, bought Gundam MS Team 0087 from a pawn shop, <clears throat> brought it home, threw it in the disc player, hit play. The fucking episode one starts off with them naming every little fucking part. Hydraulics and this and that and blah, 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 blah. I threw my hands in the air. Took out the discs. 
put it back in the case, put it on the shelf, and never watch it again. Gundam is a special <laughs> breed. Gundam is a special breed because it's uh, they really stick to uh, quote-unquote realism in giant robots. Now, Personally, Gundam uh, Wing? Well, Gundam that, Wing, maybe not so much. That was, an, that was an awesome first episode. And I only oh, watched man. like two or three episodes. <laughs> I gotta get back to it, but I loved it. Me and an old co-host, we, we each picked a random... We did a random anime generator... And we each had to pick and watch the first episode for one of the one of the shows we did. And I got Gundam Wing. And man, that first episode was badass. Was uh, was the first episode the one where the main character got invited to a girl's birthday party? Yes, and then he goes tore the invitation. Yes. <laughs> and then the end he goes I'm gonna fucking kill yeah. you. Yeah, like he and threatens to kill dead. her, and then when she starts crying, he wipes a tear off her cheek. Yes, that's the one. Oh my gosh. And then I think of Cartman from South Park. He's like, yes, yes, Scott. Yeah, your tears taste so delicious. Uh, see, like, when you have the context of the episode, it makes a little bit more sense. But, oh man, that... That, that's that's one of those scenes that, like, if you're not hooked in by that, like, you, you might as well just not bother. Yeah. But, yeah, I would think you should do that again. I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I'd be down for that for sure. Yeah. But, uh, man, I don't know. We'll keep see going where Magical Girls gets going because, uh, and sorry, I'm not, if you aren't watching the show, go watch the damn show. It's something unique, I guess. It's Watch different. it alone with the door closed. And locked. And <laughs> barricade it for good measure. Yeah. And wear pants, too. You know, you, you don't, like, plausible deniability. You want to avoid an issue. Oh, that, she's casting a spell on her titty. It's just how the magic system works. Look, it's fully explained in the lore. You just have to read the manga. <laughs> Uh, you know what else I watched? What's that? Pokemon. Original OG. Season 1. Pokemon. Not the whole thing. Just the first two episodes. Because I never... I never watched them. I watched, you know, random episodes. And I was into the games growing up. But I had never seen... The first two episodes of the show. My nephew had never seen the show. He obviously plays the games. He likes the trading card games. He's probably seen the newer shows. But he'd never seen the OG show. So we, we watched together on streaming. And uh, man, I was surprised. I got questions. But essentially, if you've never seen the show, don't know how you have it, but I mean, it is 2024. The original OG show is about this 10-year-old kid named Ash Ketchum, and he wants to be the very best and catch all the Pokemans. And the show starts with him, like, getting Gaul dressed up the night before and his mom yelling at him to go to bed and then she's like oh well you just watch this TV and then go to bed get ready for Pokemon journey tomorrow it's kind of a rookie mistake in hindsight you know telling your kid to watch more TV and then go to bed yeah she yells at him for not going to bed or not being in bed and then like it's like oh watch the show it'll get you ready for tomorrow so then he now, dreams about catching, about what, which Pokemon he's going to start with. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, uh, I actually watched the first two episodes as well, just Hell to yeah. freshen up on it. Like, I, I had never seen the first two episodes before either. Or yeah. Least, I don't recall seeing them. But I'd also like to point out that Ash was staying up to like 11 p.m. Yeah. You know. It's 10. That's, that's like insane. Like, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, it's like, 
crazy, man. Go to bed. All right, damn. And then he broke his alarm clock, and uh, he showed up late to apparently only four kids, allegedly. I don't know. Uh, like, I, they did a bad job explaining, but I think it was only four kids got to get their Pokemon license that day or whatever. All they say is, when you turn 10, you get to go get a Pokemon from Professor Oak, and uh, you get to go out and go on a journey. Go catch all the Pokemon. Fuck school. Fuck family. You're a Pokemon trainer now. Some things are just more important, really. Apparently. So he wakes up late to a crowd cheering this kid named Gary Oak, who's the grandson of Professor Oak. I want to know where this... Like, why is Gary being cheered and have his own cheerleading squad? What makes him so I cool? I mean, he's just that cool. Like, if you don't get it, there's no explaining it. And he doesn't look ten. He's like two feet taller than Ash. Oh. I thought he looked more older. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. He looks older. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Huh. But, uh, it's so funny, though. So he shows up late. Professor Oak is like, well, everybody got their Pokemon. But, uh, you know, I don't know what to do. And Ash is like, oh, come on. So he invites him into his lab and then lets Ash. He brings open some Pokeballs. There's three of them. He lets Ash open all three of them. All three of them are empty. And he's like, oh, I gave that to a kid. I gave that one to a kid. Yeah, a kid also took that one. Like, why? What a what a dick. Yeah, like, uh, really, really makes me think. Because, like, I feel like with this whole sequence, <laughs> Professor Oak, like, he, he looks like a jerk, but he could have avoided looking like a jerk if he said, like, you know, face it, kid, you're late. I gave away the three really cool Pokemon. Well, here's what I was wondering, yeah. though. It seemed like to me, like, in the video game, you get Bulbasaur, Charmander, or uh, Squirtle. And... Right. Is that all you get? Like, obviously, he brings out a fourth Pokemon that's like... It, it was in a circle. And a fourth Pokeball comes up out of the middle. And he's like, well, here's a Pokemon, but it's... You know, it's not great. and It's weird. And, you know, just... it's That's not great. You, you don't want it. And obviously, Ash doesn't listen. Wait, he doesn't hold on. No. Professor Oak didn't even, like, warn him. Like, he, no, he, he said, did, like, he did. He was like, well, it, he didn't do a very good job. You're right. It, yeah, no, he, he didn't say, like, hey, this Pokemon has, like, severe temperament issues. You know, like, if, if he just, like, warned him up front, like, you know, like, I can give you this Pokemon, but be wary, you know, it's uh, it's in a very sour mood. Like, yeah, it's a, it's but a no, he didn't do that. Yeah. Like, I was confused. First off, if everyone has to choose the same starter Pokemon, why doesn't he have, like, a room filled with these? Or are well, they computer-generated? Because they go back into their Pokeball, like, they're just a digitalized, like, ball of light. Like, can he just make a copy on his computer and be like, here you go? I, I don't I, know. I think, there's, I think there's a bunch of weird lore here that doesn't bear delving into... In terms of, like, how the technology works. But I do know, in the game, like, the idea is that starter Pokemon are, like, exceedingly rare. Oh. Like, the, the idea is, like, getting one is, well, like, a, a big honor, basically. You know, it's not reserved, or it's it's not, they don't give them out to just anybody, basically. Gotcha. But at 10 years so, old, like, the you idea... get one, if you want one. Well... As I understood it in the games, it's like, you get this rare Pokemon in exchange, you know, you have to make at least a token effort to complete the Pokedex, basically. Yep. Like, do do this grunt research work, you get a cool Pokemon. Man, Professor you know, Oak, like if, if, using child labor. Well, uh, what else is an academic going to do? <laughs> uh, so, he gets his Pokemon, obviously it's the Pikachu... 
and he gets shocked a bunch of times, and he refuses to go on his Pokeball, and then, like, he goes outside, and again, there's a crowd with a sign that says, Go Ash! Now, like, where the fuck do these people come from? Why are these people so excited? That, that kid got a Pokemon. Oh. I mean, they're excited because they're getting rid of Ash. <laughs> and he seems like a, He's a seems like a real loser. <laughs> so, his mom says goodbye, and off on his journey he goes. And shenanigans happens. He gets attacked by birds. And the birds fuck him up, and they fuck up Pikachu. And they, then that's that's something oh, that's something I take issue with, because like, I mean, when you think about it, like animals can be kind of scary. Yeah. But at the same time, like I feel like any reasonable person should be able to beat a bird in a fight. No, there's like seven birds though. Is what? He had like seven birds. Attack him. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like. Sure, like, there's a bunch, but I'm saying, like, if he took off his backpack and started, like, swinging it or something. No, yeah. <laughs> like, True. Like, I'm just saying, like, the ratio of weight between the backpack and one of those Spearow, like, surely, That's surely a, a he Sparrow could... or Spearow or whatever yeah, the fuck it's called. Like, he, he could give one of them the business and maybe the others would, like... <laughs> Go away. You know, think better of it, lest they suffer the same fate. Speaking of his backpack... I mean, I'm not... I'm not condoning hitting birds, by the way. You probably yeah. shouldn't do animal that. Animal abuse, yeah. Don't 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 abuse the animals. But you know, for someone who has, I'm assuming he camps out because he got a clothesline from his mother. Yeah, I think the idea is there is going to be a lot of camping, at least implicitly. Yeah. I mean, I've I haven't seen too much Pokemon. Yeah, maybe there's like not the camp in the last episode. few years. Yeah. But, uh, we meet Misty. We don't know her by name yet. But he steals her bike to get away from uh, the I'd Spearows. Say, I'd, I'd say he commandeered her bike. Yeah, he well, he said he would bring it back sometime. And I, then, I, mean, like, uh, I, I think given the circumstances, theft is a bit harsh. Yeah. And then he makes it to the town over, and the episode's over. Uh, the next episode is him trying to get to a Pokemon Center. And he's stopped by a very, very, very happy cop who uh, mistakes him for a Team Rocket member. And uh, he gets to the Pokemon Center and he gets, you know, gets all uh, healed up for Pokemon. Pikachu gets put on a gurney and uh, is going to go into surgery or some shit. And my favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah. Professor Oak. Like, there's this mural of, like, random Pokemons. Like, m like mystical rare Pokemons. The one he saw flying over a rainbow or some shit. And all of a sudden, Professor Oak just calls and was like, Oh, hey, Ash. I heard you're at the Pokemon Center. And he's like, y yeah, you fucking called me here. Of course I'm here. He's like... Hey, good for you. I didn't think you were going to make it to the next town over. Yeah, he was a real jerk. He is a dick. He's like, oh, I mean, the, like the four other kids, the three other kids made it yesterday. Yeah. Like, I mean, that whole exchange was just bizarre, too. And it did nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything, first of all. But, like, like, Ash was like, I saw this, you know this mythical giant bird and Oak was like, no, you didn't. Yeah, you fucking... <laughs> fucking and he's like, yes, I did. I saw a giant bird and he's like, okay, well, it's not what you think it was. It's like, well, how do you know, dude? <laughs> like, the Pokedex didn't have any information on it indicating that it's either A, undiscovered or B, you know, legendary beyond all reckoning. Like, come off it, man. Yeah. And then Misty shows back up, and her bike is black, like it's been in a fire. I love the well, fact that I mean Pikachu fried it, right? Yeah, because he electrocuted it. Uh, he, and I just, I was shocked that there was actually continuation, like from episode one to episode two. Like there's an actual story beat that has a continuation through point. Well, I feel like at least in the beginning they kind of have to. 
keep like a continuity, you know? Yeah. Then we meet Team Rocket, and I was shocked that I mean, not shocked isn't the right word, but you know, in the later episodes, they really get into their catch line and all that. But here, they're just like saying it normal. And I like that Meowth sounds like he's from, like, New York. He's going to foreign New Jersey. He's going to fuck you up. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if they sort of toned down the accent later, but I don't remember it being quite so pronounced. Wait from, like, hey! Whack you upside the head! Get some gabagoo! Um, then they get attacked. I did like this! I didn't think Pokemon attacked humans. Like, I mean, obviously we saw it with the Spearows, but like, they were like, hey, go get that Pokemon, go get the Pikachu. And they're like, okay, we're gonna go attack these humans. And I just like that coughing. Yeah. It's just like a dust, like a, a poison mist cloud. And he just like shoots mist. That's all he does. He floats and shoots poison, poison gas. It's great. Yeah, like, they're definitely portrayed more as, like, actual animals, which I think is kind of interesting. I mean, obviously, coughing doesn't really have an analog to an actual animal that I'm aware of, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess it seems realistic in a weird kind of way. But, uh, Pikachu is back from surgery. He's good as new. And they're getting attacked, and he has to fight. And they find, uh, he, he realizes that Ash, you know, Ash has become, uh, super attached to, uh, Pikachu already. It's not even been a whole fucking day. And already he's like, I'll die for you, Pikachu. So Pikachu's like, alright, I got this, bro. I mean, uh, in Ash's defense, like, he's sort of been put in charge of the little rat, so... That's true, and he wanted... You know, it's sort of his responsibility. He really wanted a Pokemon. Yeah. And I I guess to Pikachu's credit, he realizes what side his bread is buttered on, and he wises up real quick. Yep. And he does such a powerful, uh, powerful lightning bolt, he blows up the fucking Pokemon Center. It blows up. And I guess they shouldn't have been uh, storing all that hydrogen gas. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that after the scene and he's gone, they're just chilling like, hey, all the Pokeballs made it to the other town, Poke Center, just fine. Meanwhile, like, there's no roof. There's no walls. It's just the desk and, like, the floor. And yet they have power and, you know, she's like, yeah, everything's great. Fucking kid wrecked our shit. Little asshole. And the cop is just like, yeah. This is normal. I mean, to be fair, he destroyed the building for a good cause. He Team did. Rocket was running amok. Yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, that's how the second episode ends. I thought it was fun. I was really surprised that they, they had some continuation with Misty. We haven't learned anything about Misty except, you know... In the game, she's a gym leader. But in the epi- in yeah, the anime, she's a, the she's a fucking idiot who's like, I have a magic carp, and there's no water around. Or a star you, or whatever. Let me just whip that out, and that did nothing. See, that that struck me as, like, padding for runtime. Because, like, th- there's, there's no reason to do what she did. Yeah, there was literally and no then- reason. Yeah, and she sort of played it off. It's like, ooh, I'm just warming up. It's like, what, come on now. What are you going to do? Like, Throw a fucking car- magic carp? Yeah, like, what, what's it going to do? Flop at them? You know, like... Yeah, you're not near there a was body no, of water. There was no world in what she did was you rational should. in any way. Mayor looks stupid. Like, and I wonder if she's still... Yeah. A, I wonder if she's still a gym leader in the anime. As I understand it from, like, a like a decade and a half ago watching some of this stuff, we don't know she's a gym leader until Ash gets there. Ah, okay. And he, he's sort of, like, caught totally off guard. Because, like, I, 
I, I remember seeing one of the early episodes where Ash was trying to get the gym badge from Brock. Yeah. And basically he... I, I don't even exactly remember what happened, but I do know that he basically won on a technicality or something. Because, like, what happened was, uh, obviously, Pikachu is a poor matchup yep. against Brock's Onyx and Geodude and all that. Yep. So what Ash did was, I think he he did something to trigger the fire suppression system so that it doused Onyx with, like, the, the ceiling-mounted sprinklers. And then he zapped it with, you know, Thunderbolt or whatever. Yep. And, you know, in-game that doesn't work, but in the anime... Like, that was considered a cunning enough strategy to be worthy of a gym badge, even though, you know, it's uh, kind of in contradiction of the spirit of the uh, the competition. Yeah. Oh, you know, I just realized, what did you think of the intro of the first episode where they had the game on the Game Boy, and then they kind of transitioned into, like, anime? I, I thought that was nice. You know, it was Game nice Boy little sound nod. effects. Yeah. Yeah, and it sort of like played out like that battle between uh, Gengar and Nidoran, or no, Nidorino. That, you know, like that little opening animation you see in the game. Like, yeah. I, I did like that. That was a nice little thing. And I did like the music. It was identical to the game, uh, the background music. So, yeah. It was fun. I really enjoyed I had a lot of fun watching them. Uh, we, they are up to season 25. And, uh, yeah, it is ending soon. This is the last year yeah, of Pokemon. That's, that's what I heard. Yeah. It's weird to think. It is, but I mean, I'll be honest, something I haven't thought about in 20 plus years. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I've just kind of been I there. Mean, I, I didn't really keep up with it. I have one of the new game, the Violet or something. Like the games are still fun, but like, I'm not, like, gotta get them all, gotta, you know, I'm not, yeah. in, like, it's just like, oh, Pokemon's a fun game. I'll go play it for a bit. All right. So listen to this. Game Freak really screwed the pooch by not naming the new games Infrared and Ultraviolet. Ah. See? That's so much better. It is. Now if the game was only better. I started playing a new game today and holy fuck they hold your hand so much yeah I'm like please that's a common complaint just I've let heard. me go it's not that hard like we figured it out on fucking 8-bit game boy with no anything not that hard to figure out the game's been out for 30 fucking years but uh has it really been 30 years uh, 97 oh dear Okay, yeah, not quite thirty, but, but it's uh, getting up there. darn close. No, ninety-six, I think. Uh, right, yes, that's uh, twenty-eight years. First, damn. Game. Date, it, it would have had to have been ninety-six, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh wow, it's actually ninety-eight. Oh. Hmm. So it's ninety-six in Japan, ninety-eight. Oh. In the U.S. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember playing blue and red on a Game Boy emulator back in the day. And then getting yellow and it being in color. That was cool. And he got Pikachu to be like the anime. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, I liked yellow. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of fun, though. It's uh, kind of cool to see where it went, obviously. I don't think I'll watch anymore, but uh, I just it was fun going back and watching it. Yeah, I might watch the odd episode every now and again, just uh, just for old times' sake, you know? Yeah. Uh, I did check out uh, Metallic Rouge. Oh, boy. The show you were talking about. You were excited to watch this season. I honestly didn't finish the first episode. I I meant to get back to it. I just haven't yet. I, I found the very... I found the first, like, 15 or 20 minutes 
very boring. It's just like, oh, there's things happening, and the girl's timid, and just, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, when, when I first watched the first episode, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it, and since then, my opinion has tapered off, because I, I feel like it, there are a couple issues. The first issue is there's too much jargon, you know? Because, like, uh, there, there are people and there are robots, and the robots have a funny name. And it, like, I, I just don't care about the stupid name. Just call, just call a robot a robot. Mm-hmm. And I think the other issue is that they're trying to uh, do too many things. Because, basically, you have the robots, and they have this, uh, this funny little thing they need to inject into themselves to maintain operation... Like, it, it's something they have to do every day. Oh, yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. And, like, that was weird in itself. There's, like, a guy, like, trying to steal it and just... Uh, yeah. It just felt like there's well, too much going on. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus. Well, I, I don't think the issue is that they have this little thing they need to inject to maintain function. I think the issue was that it also just so happens to be uh, something that produces, like, a narcotic effect in people. Gotcha. So it's... Like, that, that was the issue. Like, that was the whole plot point. Because, like, there was one guy saying, like, oh, my nectar's missing. What am I going to do? And yeah. the girl's like, oh, if you don't if you don't inject yourself with it, you, you're going to, you know, cease functioning. He's like, yeah, I'll find it. I'll yeah. find it. Yeah. And and then, um, like, the, these two, like, clowns, not literal clowns, not like the other guy, but, like, figurative clowns are just like, hey, hey, we stole the nectar. Let's go, you know, get high. And it's like, at this point, it's like, okay, so you've got people, and then you've got heroin-powered robots. It's like, <laughs> that, that's kind of weird. Not bad inherently, but it's like, that, that kind of took me out of it. Because, like, if you have something like, you know, a perishable good upon which android life is dependent, like, that's interesting enough, you know. People would already be willing to steal that to... um decrease the supply and like price gouge androids like that's that's enough but if it's also like a non-addictive like meth alternative you know that adds another dimension that i don't think was necessary i like none of those elements by themselves are bad but i think that with the addition of there being robots some robots are unfettered by Isaac Asimov's laws, which is like an old sci-fi thing. And they're also virtually indistinguishable from humans. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. They throw a whole bunch of things at you. There's a whole bunch of jargon. And I feel like, you know, maybe maybe just slow it down a little bit, you know. Or rather, speed it up, actually. A little bit more action would have been nice, you know. Because th- there was action, sort of like... um Common Rider or Power Rangers type, mm-hmm. you know, people wearing costumes and punching each other mm-hmm. sort of action at the end. But it was only at the end. And I didn't hate that either, but, uh, you know, I was led to believe this would be sort of like gritty sci-fi. And uh, it ended up being that until the transformation sequence. So gotcha. like, yeah. Should uh, I go back and watch it? No, I didn't. Ah, uh, okay. I will go. go I, I will go back and watch it, just because I do want to give it a fair shake. I, you know. Yeah, maybe maybe watch it for the transformation sequence, but my my problem right now is that with this first episode, I'm kind of where I was with the second episode of gushing over magical girls. I feel like. Like, everything's kind of resting on episode two. I watched a little bit of that, and it was introducing more plot threads that I don't like. Because, like, this whole thing takes place on, like, a colonized Mars somewhere off in the future. And there's this scene where uh, some of the characters we were introduced to, whose names I don't recall, were on a train. Or, okay, maybe it wasn't a train per se, because I don't think it runs on tracks, but it, mm-hmm. like, it was set up to look like a passenger train, and it's riding through, like, the outback of Mars. 
And as they were doing so, there were like a couple like rowdy kids, like a brother and a sister who were fighting. Mm-hmm. And they were driving past like this big spaceship. And the one character points it and says like, hey, you know, that's a, you know, a, a jargon class vessel. Uh, you know, this thing hasn't seen service since the who cares war. And the, the kids are like, ooh, what's that? And it's like, well, there were aliens. It's like, okay, robots, aliens, intrigue, people dressing up in you know spandex suits and punching each other it's doing way too much like can you please focus on one thing please so i'm thinking what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna like try and get through episode two and three in one go and if it hooks me by then then i'll probably see it through yeah but otherwise like it's there's a lot of interesting things, but there are too many for any one of them to hold my interest because none of the individual things are done well enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it it's unfortunately disappointing because it is rather well animated. Yeah, I, I apologize. I got two things going on once. You, you are right. It is pretty. But I always wondered, like... Is it, it's the first episode and you've kind of put all your, you know, you want to come out your best foot forward. Yeah. So, but no, I'll go back and watch. I've got episode two as well. I just, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And it's like, I didn't feel like watching it. Yeah. I mean, I would contrast this with something like Kill a Kill, where the first episode, you're introduced to a bu- to a bunch of plot threads. Like, okay, there's this delinquent girl. She has one half of a giant pair of scissors. There's this fascistic academy where clothes give power. There are, you know, these clothes that give power. And one of them, it makes you really, really powerful, but it also shrinks down to a bikini. And, you know, yeah. somebody killed this girl's father. whole bunch of plot threads, but... I, I don't think they're sort of competing in the same real estate the way androids and uh, aliens and colonizing Mars are, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, Kill a Kill, it opens a bunch of plot threads. It doesn't answer hardly any of them, but it's still very engaging from the beginning. No, you're, you're right. And uh, at the end of the day, it's I just have to give it a fair shake. So I, I think I'll sit down and watch it and try again. To me, it just, I don't know. Uh, I think it just wasn't in the mood when I tried to watch it. So, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. any, any, I mean, I'm, I'm oh, good. I was just going to say, I'm definitely hoping it proves me wrong and turns around. I'd like nothing more than that. Yeah, no, that's fair. I know you said you liked the manga, so. Is that the one you uh, watch Mug on? Sorry, I forgot. Uh, the, that would be Dungeon Meshi. Ah, uh, Metallic my Rouge is New to uh, you. Metallic Rouge is totally uh, original. Okay, no fair. source material. Ah, okay, okay. Sorry, I keep mixed up things. All right, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, anything, yeah. anything else you want to talk about here? Or? Well, incidentally, Dungeon Meshi. Oh, well, there you go. How is yeah. Dungeon Meshi? Uh, there have been two more episodes, and I've liked them both. I mean, that's that's almost all there is to say on the matter. I mean, uh, more monsters, more cooking of monsters, more eating monsters. And, uh, I mean, it's very episodic at this point. Like, in the first of the two episodes, or rather, in, in episode two, I should say, uh, they hunt a basilisk. Which is an interesting little critter. Yep. It's half rooster and it's, well, maybe not half. I guess it's a rooster with a snake for a tail. And it, it like the head of a snake, too, at the end. And uh, these critters are venomous and they're pretty big and gnarly. And, you know, they, they wanted to cook it because, you know, it tastes like chicken. And I, I just thought, like, it was a very interesting episode because... Like, animal psychology kind of comes into it a little bit. Because that that funny elf character, Marcel, uh, she was tasked with grabbing the eggs out of the nest. Yeah. 
because they you know they wanted to cook those too but the basilisk arrived as she was mid pilferage and um she she made the classic mistake of acting like prey you know sort of like jittery sharp movements and all that so the basilisk said like okay you're prey i'm gonna get you lias the uh the main character i guess you know the the warrior uh he knows what's up he intersperses himself between marcel and the monster and he sort of like raises his arm over his head to make himself appear big and he starts like shouting at it mm-hmm. uh, to basically like scare it off mm-hmm. and i just thought that was interesting because you know there are a lot of animals where basically if you if you make it look like you're not easy prey they'll kind of back off because there, there's sort of like um a risk versus reward thing you know it's not necessarily worth it to kill something to eat if you also injure yourself in the process, basically. So it's like the the idea that you can sort of like scare off a fantasy creature by shouting at it, and making yourself appear tough. You know, that's it's kind of interesting. It makes it seem like a real animal. And then in episode three, uh, they encounter animated armor, which if you're familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. It's basically like a suit of armor that's enchanted by magic to sort of move on its own and stuff. And you might be thinking to yourself, how are they going to cook and eat animated armor? Yeah. And uh, that's a good question. I'm not going to spoil it, but I do think it was a a rather nice solution given the problem. Because, like, like, you're not going to be able to eat plate mail no matter how hard you try. You're just going to bust your teeth. So, like, I, I do think it was, like, a nice bit of writing. I don't want to spoil it just because I think it was, I, I guess, novel, for want of a better word, you know? Like, it, it it's one of those things where, like, uh, people writing fantasy, like, they change monsters and stuff like that, and it's normally... I normally don't like it too much, like, um... Ooh, I guess, um... You, you know the old manga, um, Jitsu wa Watashiwa? No, I can say I do not. Okay. Uh, it's basically like a romantic comedy where, like, a, a guy discovers that the girl he likes is actually a vampire. And that's why she's sort of, like, reserved and, um, say, closed off from the class. Is that a bad vampire bond? <laughs> Uh, it, it might be in the same vein, but like basically in in that anime, mm-hmm. like she, she has like the usual weaknesses of vampires. But no she's sunlight, sort of like, no garlic. Okay. Yeah, no sunlight, no garlic, no crosses, no holy water. She gets around the sunlight by wearing like insanely high SPF sunscreen. As one does. But yeah, but the 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 thing they change in that is like sunlight doesn't kill her; it just makes her tan extremely quickly so like she forgot sunscreen one morning and on the way to school she developed like a deep tan and that that was like that was like the thing in one chapter it's like oh crap how do we explain that so like that that's an example of like changing monsters you know like i I don't think they should generally do that gotcha because like like if you're dealing with a vampire like you know what to expect but then it's like oh these vampires aren't weak to crosses ha 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 you know, this vampire is a Muslim or whatever. Yeah. But, Show but him the in this Quran instance, and you'll be upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, seen uh, Call Call of the Night? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. You should check out the first episode. At least at minimum. See what you think. Anyway, please continue. All right. Yeah. I, I know that was like vampire stuff. Yes. But, um, yeah, so like animated armor isn't as it would usually be you know there there's a twist here and like i think they do a very good job of not telegraphing that it's a twist either because like the, the idea is the animated armor is acting unusually and marcel the wizard immediately assumes that this must mean there's another wizard nearby controlling it and for a while that seems to be the case too so huh like ultimately they figure out what's going on they thwart the monsters and they get themselves a nice meal out of it gotcha well there you go 
Oh, there you go. Well, cool. I think this has been a really productive episode. A really fun episode, I should say. Productive is the wrong word. It's been fun. I would have to agree. I've had fun. Yeah, fun talking about magical girls and Pokemans and all kinds of fun shit. All right. Oh, is there anything else you want to bring up here before we head off, or any uh, any topics at all? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's all I've got. I don't have anything to review as of right yet. Same. I was like, man. Like I said, I don't know where two weeks went, but we'll have something. We'll have something eventually. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, thank you. For, and stay safe. And uh, see you real soon. Two weeks. This has been the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you have any feedback, head over to bonsaibeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. While you're there, you can also find our review index, which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher. You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.